0: Welcome to St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church Live Interactive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And now
1: for your hosts for your spiritual hour of power, pastors D.A. Bennett and Josh Coates. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast. This week's podcast is a little different. Uh, not really going to be interactive because we're filming this earlier because of, uh, some logistical things going on at the church. But nonetheless, we are here and ready to talk about some important things. I am joined by, uh, Pastor D.A. Bennett and Jeff. How are you guys doing? Okay. So I'm,
0: I've got this question because we talked about this this morning and that is, uh, When I went home at lunch, I said, I'm going to have to wear something different. Back, otherwise people will say, "Man, he's wearing the same thing he wore last week." And you didn't change, and I didn't change because you said you weren't doing anything. And I think you had a black jacket on. I just,
1: (laughs) I just took my jacket off. I I was getting warm. It's starting to warm up finally, and uh, I went to lunch and was warm, so I took the jacket off.
0: Okay, well, you know, I thought you were just hosing me again. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I could go in my office and get that T-shirt you just gave back. Could have put it on, but then I'd look like Christmas with you know red and green. So I'm. I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm excited about what we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, I am too. I am too. Jeff, how about yourself? How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, excited for you know the the whole prayer thing that's uh, happening tomorrow. So, uh, what about you guys? You guys excited for that? And what all that entails? Yeah. So this is something that DA and I have been talking about now for. I mean, we first put it on the calendar months ago, right? And not even really thinking too much about where the church was going to be in this journey that we're on, um, and obviously God uh, has a way of lining things up in, in a, a cool way. And so um, tomorrow night, Wednesday, October 26th, we are going to have an all church night of prayer and worship that we're incredibly excited about. We'll have dinner at 5:30, just like we would in a normal midweek and then head into the sanctuary at 6:30 for some prayer and worship. And um, I just love how it's all coming together and, and really excited to, to be able to um, have this here at St. Andrews. Again, when we've talked in the past people
0: are either kind of caught cut out of the the service oriented cloth or the piety oriented cloth and you know we're we're piety guys and so the idea of coming together as a church to pray and and not just to say prayers that people respond to but to pray in such a way that we we're worshiping god we're in the presence of god and we're asking god to speak to us i mean it's it's going to be a different kind of prayer time than what we have on Sunday morning or other experiences we have.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, I think, a lot more uh, intentional. Um, We're not going to have the rush of, oh, we've got another service coming. We've got the Sunday school hour coming. And I think it's in a very important uh, season in the life of this church. Um, This weekend, uh, the Oklahoma Annual Conference voted to ratify our disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church, and we have an all-church vote coming up on November 6th. Um, in order to decide the, the, our future, uh, what denominator, you know, are we going to become global Methodists? What are we going to do? And so I see this um, this prayer and worship night as an opportunity to bridge those two things, right. because whatever we do moving forward into the future, just like we have to this point, we want to cover it in prayer, and we want to ask to hear from God. God, what is it that you're speaking to us? And that's really going to be the main focus of this night. And <clears throat> Excuse
0: me, and it, it is so vital to what we do. Um, you know, there's an old cliche that if you if you don't pray, you don't have power. No prayer, no power. And in this season, we understand we really need God's power to work through us. We've been praying for a long time now. Lord, give us the gift of faith to do what you're calling us to do. And and sometimes people. I think might take it a little bit for granted that you and I are praying, and we're saying this is where we sense God is going, but one of the things I'd want you to understand is while we do have those experiences, we don't typically just show up and say, well, this is what God says to do. We we bounce that off the leadership of the church. Yeah. We ask people to pray, and for this night, uh, again, just excited that we're going to be coming together. We're going to say, Lord, you've led us this far, but we want to know what is next for us, and we need you to give us strength, and you need to help us do Deal with all the different feelings and emotions that are going through you know for some people there's grief and leaving one denomination and and seeing some of our former members make the decision that you know they don't want to take this journey with us while at the same time being excited because if there's something that brings momentum, it's new. Yeah, And this is a new step for us. It's a new day. We believe that we will see new people because they've been in contact with us telling us, hey, we're watching what St. Andrews is doing. And so it just seems so appropriate for us to gather together and really seek the face of the Lord,
1: not to seek his hand, but to seek his face. I'm excited about this. And one of the cool ideas that you had that was in connection with all this is as people enter into the sanctuary, um, to, to have a car. Card and a pen, right. um, And as they feel uh, prompted by the Holy Spirit, as they feel like they're hearing a word from God, mm-hmm. to write those down. And at some point in the service, they'll have an opportunity to to turn those in. Whether it's a basket, you know, we haven't worked through the logistics of that yet. And then our church leadership's going to go through those and, and pray through those and look through those and see um, as a as a body of of Christ here at St. Andrews. Um. Is there a common thing that we see God speaking to the right. members of this church, and that's exciting to and, be able to? You know, to do again, that. it's very exciting because I'm in my seventeenth year here, and we've never done
0: anything like this. We've had prayer vigils where you know people take turns coming to pray, and uh, sometimes people say, you know, I, I really sense God is doing this. Yeah, yeah, we we get that. We've never really come together to just say, Lord, we're here to seek your face. We're here to worship you. And so why don't uh, you start walking us through what people can expect yeah. when they show up next or tomorrow night? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So they'll eat dinner in the uh, CLC, make their way down to the, the worship area, and uh, and we'll we will uh, – Worship together, there's really going to be four words that are kind of the overarching theme for the night that we're really going to focus on. Um, you know, there is there is some direction here. We're not just going to be like, all right, everybody pray. And, and you sit there going, well, I don't really know what to pray about. And, <laughs> and there's going to be some direction. And so the four words that we're really highlighting are openness, mm-hmm. repentance, assurance, and freedom. Um, and and we'll, there'll be a flow to it. We'll, we'll have some worship in between prayer times, really seeking God's face and all of that. And, uh, and so um, openness, the idea behind that is just simply saying, come Holy Spirit, come. Mm-hmm. We want to have open hearts, open minds. We are inviting the Holy Spirit to do a work here and for God to speak to us, and we want to be open to that, to what God might be speaking, and not just make assumptions that we know what God's telling us, but, exactly. but actually come to Him with open hands and say, come Holy Spirit, speak. And and so that's how we will open the night, is just um, with that prompt of all of us praying to seek God's will and for God to speak to us and us to have open ears and hearts through all of that. Yeah,
0: there's a popular song that is on the radio quite a bit. If you listen to Caleb or Air One or The Door or House or whatever station you listen to. It's not on the Sports Animal, but uh, there's a song that's been around for a couple of years now, uh, Holy Spirit, You're Welcome Here, and that's really the intention of what we're doing in this prayer time. We're not Bringing our list, you know, and I use this phrase from time to time we're not bringing our list of non negotiables, you know, God, you need to heal this person. No, God, we're open to what you're going to do in this place, in this moment. And we do. We need our minds open so that we can understand what you're saying. We need our eyes open so we can see what, you know, you want for us to see. Or as Jesus would often say after teaching a parable, anyone who has ears, hear what the word is. You know, the Lord is saying. And so this is what we want to do. We really want to get in that place where we calm our spirits, where we try to free ourselves from the distractions of our day or of our week, and just say, Lord, we are open to hearing you. We are open to have you move. Really, I, I mean, we, we should be doing that all the time anyway. Right. But as a focused effort that here, that St. Andrews, as a part of the body of Christ, is saying, we've been praying, Lord, we're, we're open. You know, if there's anything in my heart that's kind of closed off, Lord, I want to open that up to you.
1: Yeah. And, and the cool thing, too, about all this is, you know, we're in the middle of the stewardship campaign. We're right. in the middle of this sermon series on creating engagement. And we've talked about uh, those that are engaged in a relationship with Christ, those who are following Jesus, serve was one, week right. one. Give was the second week. This last week we talked about discipleship. And um, also those that are uh, engaged um, are spending time in prayer and worship. And so while this isn't a Sunday sermon, it's an opportunity for us to live out our faith in an engaged way where we engage with the Holy Spirit in a a very intentional and specific way uh, tomorrow night. And it's
0: even been part of our church vows, you know, that we will be loyal to this church and support it with our first thing prayers. yeah. You know, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness is what it has been. I haven't looked to see what new vows will be in a, a different kind of expression of Methodism, but to pray, to seek God. You know, I always like to tell people if Scripture is the food that we eat to get spiritual nourishment, prayer is the air we breathe, and, yeah. and we, we've got to have that. And so when we pray, sometimes when we come into the presence of God, one of the things that we experience is a sense of our unworthiness, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you're, you're at work next Wednesday and, you know, may, if, if you're an employee, maybe your boss comes in and they're, Just chewing you out for something you didn't do. And now you're feeling bad, uh, but you feel so bad. You're thinking thoughts about, boy, I wish I, you know, (laughs) could get even. Or if you're a boss, you may be thinking, gosh, my employees are driving me nuts. I'm just going to have to start, you know, disciplining people or, you know, holding people. I mean, sometimes when we come to pray, we can expect that as much as we want to be in the presence of God, uh, Satan wants us not to be able to focus on the things of God. And so, If those things are in our heart, even though we're open, one of the ways that we experience the presence of God is to have a time of confession. And so that's really the second part. We're calling it repentance, and maybe this is a little troubling for some people to think, well, you know, if we're thinking of joining a a different church and and we left because of other people's disobedience and other people's defiance, then why are we the ones Mm -hmm. repenting? And honestly— an understanding that I have of this is something that happened with a good friend of mine several years ago. I uh, was living in Ada and a pastor, again, a good friend, uh, his wife had an affair with his best friend. Oh. And um, he and I were driving somewhere once and, you know, he was talking about divorce and he was talking about sin. And, and I said, man, I'm really having a problem seeing where you might have sinned in this, you weren't the one that was unfaithful. You weren't the one who did what your you know wife did. Uh, I'm having trouble saying that. Seeing where you were at fault, and I just I appreciated his answer so much. He said, "Well, he goes a definition of sin, and this is something that we learn, you know, in seminary, is to miss the mark." Yeah, and he said, "In our marriage, I missed the mark somewhere." Even though I wasn't the one that committed adultery, I too missed the mark. I too have a responsibility and for failure in this. And so when we think about the United Methodist Church, and again, we weren't the ones disobedient. We weren't the ones living in defiance. But the covenant we had together to be uh, of a denomination— We missed the mark, and uh, we need to acknowledge that, and we need to repent of that. We can't just expect God to bless us if there's something there that would block God's blessing, and so that's why we're going to do it.
1: When I think of repentance, I think of the word align or to Mm -hmm. realign, right? And we all have areas in our lives that are not aligned with God and God's will. And so to take that opportunity in this is just to to basically, as we come to God, open – we're saying, God, reveal to us where we're not aligned with you. Mm-hmm. Reveal to me where in my life, what things are not aligned with you, and and in the life of this church, how are we not aligned with who you're calling us to be as, um, you know, St. Andrew's Community Church here in South Oklahoma City. And so, um, I, I think that. Um, you know, Conflict Resolution 101 is to own 100% of your 10%. Right. <laughs> and so even if it's a small percentage of where you you think that you may not be aligned, uh, we have to take responsibility for that and, and invite right. the work of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, to help us to surrender and let go of that so that we can realign our lives with God. It, it, it's easier when when there's been harm to just want to blame the other
0: person. Yeah. And I get that. I'm not, you know, immune to that kind of thing, but when we talk about repentance and we talk about shouldering perhaps that the blame, uh, that's what Jesus did. Right? You know, Jesus had never sinned. Jesus was pure and holy and spotless in every way. Uh, you know, as the prophets would say a spotless lamb that was led to the slaughter. You know, a perfect sacrificial animal. That's what Jesus did for us. I, I love how it says in the New Testament that he who knew no sin became sin right? so that we might know the righteousness of God and so part of our time of prayer together will be repentance now again because we're open and we've got structure we don't know exactly what's going to happen Uh, it, it, it could be that in the midst of this, God's Spirit does begin to stir stuff up in us, and we begin to uh, not only repent of sin, but we begin to confess sin. And that's kind of scary because we don't want anybody knowing our business. And yet historically, and this is not why we're doing this, but historically, any time revival breaks out, there's repentance of sin. Yeah, And so... While we would love to have some kind of move of the Spirit that brings people to faith that don't have faith, that's not why we're repenting. It's not a magic trick to try to trick God into doing
1: right. something. Well, and also, I love what you said just a second ago, uh, or I guess a few moments ago, talking about this. We're, we're not bringing to God our non-negotiables. Right. This isn't a negotiation, right? We're not coming to it and saying, God, this is what we want. Um, we have a plan we we mm-hmm. have a, a a you know clear outline for the night of what we're hoping to see, but also we're going to hold on to those loosely because right. if God shows up in a powerful way which we fully expect and if his plans and his agenda are different than what ours are for the night. We're open to that, and, and whatever yeah. it is that God wants to speak to us, that may completely change all of this, but we're going into it with a plan, and, and we'll see how loosely we need to hold on to that, but excited to hear what God might be speaking to us.
0: And, and again, that's why we're starting with openness. God, we're open to what you want to do. We are committed to you. This time is yours, that we're alive. is something you have given us, And but we want to really come together as a part of your body, as a, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith to seek the face of god and and what he's doing so we'll be open we'll have a time of repentance and maybe some of that is personal repentance we again we're we're not exactly sure how the holy spirit's gonna we're not gonna ask you to
1: write down your sins and turn them in
0: well if you do please don't sign your card there's just some (laughs) things we don't really want to know uh and yet as you confess your sin uh you know, good things happen. And that's kind of the next part of this. Yeah, is... that
1: leads us into assurance, mm-hmm. right? And that's the next word that we're going to focus on as we're spending this time in prayer and worship is assurance. We know that if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just and forgiving. And so there is assurance in that. You, you mentioned not feeling, you know, feeling worthless, mm-hmm. feeling unworthy, unworthy. To, to be able to to come into the presence of God at times. And, and one thing that I tell our students over and over and over, and I think I've even said it on this podcast a few times, and... And I'm sure eventually our students are going to say, Josh, okay, I get it. Quit saying it. But unworthy does not equal worthless. Right. Right. And I think we buy into that lie sometimes that because we're unworthy, right, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus came while we were still sinners. We are unworthy, but that's not the same as being worthless. And we have immeasurable worth and we have assurance you know, God is who he says he is, and he will do all he has promised. And there are promises that if we confess our sins to God, that he is just and faithful, and we will be forgiven. Yeah. And so, you know, you may feel like you're unworthy. Um, but but that doesn't mean that you're worthless and God's not going to forgive you or God doesn't love you. That, the opposite is is true of that.
0: Yeah and the, the scripture we're referencing is actually in first John is chapter one. I'm not exactly sure seven or eight maybe. Mm-hmm. And you know if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sin, but it doesn't stop there and to cleanse us right. from all unrighteousness that when we get up we are that new person and yet, we're still going to hear that voice, that voice of temptation, that voice of deception that says, well, you know who you really are. Right. You know, and, and that's one of the things. That's why whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper in worship, we have that prayer of confession, so we're not coming to the table in an unworthy manner, and we have a time for confessing personal sin. But as soon as we are done, then we have the assurance of our pardon, the assurance that God has forgiven you. I was reading in my quiet time. I think it was just yesterday. It may have been the day before, or as you're watching this, it was a week ago, you know, <laughs> however long ago it was. Uh, and it was the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. And again, you know, uh, she knew what she had done. She didn't have any misunderstanding of why they had, you know, brought her out and said, you know, the law of Moses says she deserves to be be stoned to death, and Of course, Jesus drops one of the classic one-liners that we all love to hear. Anyone that is without sin may throw the first stone. And then when they all leave, you know, you picture that in your mind one by one. They just kind of drop their stones and walk away. Uh, You figure maybe the last guy was a stubborn one. He threw his down and walked off in a huff. But then Jesus looks at the woman and he said, uh, where are those that condemn you? because when we confess, again, I do think that is what Satan tries to do. I think Satan tries to keep before us this idea of condemnation. The woman said, no one, and he said, good, then go and don't sin anymore. Then we get over into Romans, uh, where it says, if anyone is in Christ, there is no condemnation. So the assurance we get is not just assurance that we are forgiven, the assurance that we seek is also the assurance that God is who God says he is and God is going to do what God says he's going to do. Uh, it's one thing to, you know, feel away, It's another thing to have absolute 100 percent certainty that this is right. what God has done.
1: And, and that's cause for celebration. Absolutely. That's cause for leading into this last part of this night that we're talking about for tomorrow night. And that's freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom there there is celebration in knowing that we are forgiven mm-hmm. um, that we aren't condemned, that we are free to live the life that God has called us to live, and God has created us to live um and and we are free to to walk forward in this path of whichever direction God is leading us as a church um, that we have freedom in that that God is leading us uh, out of Uh, our sin out of darkness and into the light. And there's a lot of excitement there. Whenever we were going through the process,
0: and again, kind of reminds you the process that we led, Uh, there were two members of our administrative council that that brought before the administrative council that we need to begin the discernment process for what the best future is for St. Andrews. We need to decide if our best future is in the United Methodist Church or if there's another way of going about it. And when ADCO supported, and it was a unanimous support of that uh, vote, that that motion, we had to form a holy conversations team. And and that team came together, Again, the the first night we were like, how do we get here? You know, we want to make sure we're all on the same page, have common understanding. And that was very easy. You yeah. know, everybody understood that. Then we came back for a second week. And what we actually did was we said, okay, let's list our options and what are the pros and what are the cons? And we didn't filter it. We didn't try to say, oh, well, no, it doesn't really happen that way. We just put it up there and looked at it. And then we stepped back and we said, okay, what is the DNA of our church? And once again, you could get 10 different groups in the church, and you're going to come up with a different list in some ways every right. time. But we felt like we had a good enough cross-section of the church, new members, founding members, that we were able to say, here's the DNA of our church. And when we came together for the third meeting, you know, I just said, I don't know how to lead us. I mean, I've got, it's, I've got a, something here we can do. I don't know how to lead us. And we just kind of—and I would say it was spirit-led. People are like, you know, I'm really struggling with this decision. And, and that's one of the things people need to hear. This was not an easy decision. Right. Uh, and, and we struggled with it. And then we came to the place where we all were in agreement that the thing we wanted to recommend to the administrative council that would then make a recommendation to the whole church— was we felt like it was our best future to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church and to join the Global Methodist Church. right? right? And before we – I said, I think this is kind of where we all are, but now we're going to stop, and we're just going to take a moment in silence to pray because, again, it, it was a hard thing. And I literally remember as we were praying, and, and I suspect a lot of people have had this experience, when you, you – have that sensation that you're having a weight lifted off your shoulder, that that which was holding you down, that which was holding you back, that which was oppressing you is gone, and now you're free. Yeah. And 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 you know again we we don't get to manipulate God into doing what we want God to do but I, I would hope that as we pray when we are assured that this is who God is and this is what God wants for our lives that we will experience that same kind of freedom that says yes we are ready with boldness to go into the future God has planned for us not even knowing exactly what that future is going to
1: look like right. and I can assure you. It's not always going to be easy. <laughs> right. Yeah, and my biggest takeaway from that that meeting that night as we were praying through that, um, as we looked at the DNA of the church, as we looked at who we have been for 29 years, mm-hmm. um, it became pretty obvious to me anyways and and I think because of the decision that we made I think it was obvious to all of us is that the the best way forward for us to continue to remain who we've been for 29 years and who we feel God continuing to call us to be was to leave the United Methodist Church and start a new a new path, right? Um, and, and a lot of it is because of a lot of the things are changing. The, the things that we've known about the United Methodist Church for um, fifty years um, are changing, and, and right. will continue to change. And for us to to continue to be a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith centered in a relationship with Jesus, um, we felt like that this was the best path to be able to continue to remain who we are. So, in some ways, there's lots of big changes that we're talking about. But in other ways, when we're talking about who we're called to be here at St. Andrews, this this big change that we're talking about really is what needed to happen for there to be as little change as possible yeah. in who we are. You know, and, and I appreciate you saying that.
0: And and one of the things, and, and maybe this is going to fit in a sermon sometime in November, one of the things lately that's been kind of percolating in my spirit is – yeah, it, it feels like we're looking for a renewed, or if I can use a historical term, a reformation of what Methodism is. And when I think back to the Protestant Reformation, when Martin Luther tried to engage the Catholic Church into dialogue, um, two things happened. Number one, he was kicked out of the church, right? <laughs> and so that is what gave rise to the Lutheran Church and ultimately other expressions of Christianity. But the part we don't always focus on is it did bring about reform in Roman Catholic Church. Too. Right. And while we believe our best future forward is in a different denomination other than the United Methodist Church, I do believe Reformation will come to the United Methodist Church. They may say, we didn't agree with a lot of that stuff. But here's where we really should have paid attention to what they were saying. And so, you know, there's there's no ill will. We're not here to curse the UMC. We're here to praise the G-O-D, you know. I mean, we, right. we're we here to, to praise God and, and to have that freedom to be able to express that in, in ways that, again, truly connect our hearts to God's hearts or to use your word to align our lives and our will and our understandings with God what God's will and understanding is.
1: Yeah, and so at the close of this worship and prayer time tomorrow night, uh it would be an opportunity just for some more personal prayer. Uh, opportunity to turn in cards if you felt God speaking to you, and and leadership will read through those, and and who knows if if there's a clear message going through there, there may be an opportunity for us to read some of what God is speaking to the church as we open the for our church meeting to vote on November 6. We haven't gotten that far ahead yet, and right. things, but it's it's at least an idea that we're kind of wrestling around with, depending on um, how things go tomorrow night, and and how many cards are turned in, and and what uh, we you know what we sense God is. is Speaking to this church because I think it's important that those things are communicated. That man, they're, they're, it's pretty obvious that God's speaking this, and I'm excited to, to read and see what that is.
0: Yeah, well, part of the important thing is when God speaks to us, and you know, again, this is something that you and I, when God said, Josh, I want you to be a pastor, when God said, D.A., I want you to be a pastor, we were pretty clear on that, but God confirms that through the church, right? And so if, if God speaks to you that night, we trust that God is going to confirm what really is, you know, his holy will. You know, if God was like, you know, DA, I want you to quit and become a professional golfer. You know, I don't really see that. I don't know that anybody (laughs) in the body of Christ would confirm that. uh, But I do believe that God confirms things. And sometimes he confirms it through just someone coming up and saying, you know, here's, what I think God is wanting to say and usually it's a little more humble than that. Yeah. Or if it's, you know, some sign or wonder that that God does. And yeah. so yeah, I'm excited about uh tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I really really hope that uh, you all will join us tomorrow night dinner at five thirty. And then uh, worship and prayer will start in the sanctuary at 630. Bring your friends, bring your family. Uh, It's going to be open for students. Uh, There will be programming for children. Um, And uh, it's just going to be a great night, I think, in the life of St. Andrews.
0: So, friends, uh, thank you so much for listening. I do hope you're listening to this before Wednesday night. Josh preached this past Sunday on being engaged as as a disciple and how it is we truly have to pour into a relationship with Christ if we want to gain the maximum benefit out of a relationship with Christ. And we just so strongly believe that this is a part of what God is calling us to do at this time. Sunday, we will have worship. 8.15, 815 our traditional service, and then 9.30 and 10.50 for our regular services. Thank you again for listening. God bless.
1: Hope you have a remarkable day day.